PS Vita was abandoned by Sony. And a show Sony was destined to make. Well, hello there, and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I am your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, back this week <clears throat> from the void, Mr. Saul. Saul Bridges. How are y'all today, this week, this Monday? Uh, and alongside next to me is Mr. Chris Figgs. I, I don't know why I introduced you for, for the audience. That's funny. <laughs> alongside me is Mr. I didn't get confused. Not see, Now you're doing it twice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Chris, Chris Figgs. Chris, let me ask you, are you a ladies' man? I could be. Okay, day. cool. You're going to love it when I lay these nuts on your head. Anyways, back from the <laughs> void. <laughs> do, you know what, uh, do, you know, do you know what the Spanish word for gloves is? No. No, you should look it up. Let me know. <laughs> Anyways, I'll do that here in a second. We're, play, we're trying to square PlayStation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are new to the show for some reason, stick around. Uh to be part of the community and all that stuff. But first and foremost, welcome. We are a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Go ahead, Saul. Tell him. No, I'm good. Say it. Uh-uh. Say, Say it. it. <laughs> all right, Edward Cullen. Come on. Guantes. Guantes. Guantes nuts on your face. <laughs> That's a good one. I want to steal that one for work. <laughs> I've been debating hitting uh, you with that one since Chris uh, Chris said it to me during. The second I said Wantes, I'm like, uh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're new to the podcast, we're not typically full of these nuts jokes, but I mean, today is a, today's as good of a day as any. I, I'm in a real giggly mood today. I don't know why. Hey, that's mm. okay. Uh, anyway, we are a podcast that talks about games and all things gaming through the lens of being PlayStation fans. Uh, so we hope you stick around and be part of what we got going on. But we like to start the show off in a time-honored tradition here, and that is to give everyone, including ourselves, a quick update on what each other have been doing and playing in the gaming sphere. So, Chris, oh, I'm going to let you start it off this week. What have you been playing, big homie? Um, it's been the MLB and GTA. I just finished the story of GTA Five again. It's a really good game. Um, and so then are you going to keep playing despite beating it? Yeah, I think I'm going to not... I don't know if I'm going to say I'm going to go for the Platinum, but I'm going to <laughs> knock things up around it and see if it happens. <laughs> that sounds like me and Gran Turismo 7. <laughs> yeah, you're going for that. <laughs> I'm as- I'm absolutely going for it, but yeah. I'm uh, more or less just knocking things around it. <laughs> we'll talk right. about that more in a little bit. Uh, okay, so, so you said that in MLB, right? Yes. Yep. Are you still you still loving MLB despite the trophies? Uh, yeah, I mean, trophies are annoying, but it's fine. I still haven't gotten. And at the, the end of the day, it's still a platinum. <laughs> yeah, it's just less. It's, it's less rewarding. Yeah, you won't do. My name is Mayo, and I'm upset that the MLB platinum is extremely I, easy. <laughs> that is the most fair comparison in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's almost yeah. the same. Okay, Saul, so, what you been playing? Keep everybody up to date on your two this, weeks. This this last week, uh, I was incredibly busy and did not get to play much until. This weekend, um, I got to play Elden Ring uh, yesterday, last night, which was Saturday night, mm-hmm. and I played that for a good little while. Um, I did get to play a round of Fortnite Zero Build. Um, it's interesting. It definitely is di- way different than when I last played Fortnite. Um, so you didn't play Zero Build during the initial no. thing, right? You just played it whenever they've added it back permanently into the game? Right. So 
last week, um, I was downloading some games. I redownloaded GTA Five to test out, see how it plays on PS Five. Um, and I downloaded Ghost Runner because it's PS Plus, mm-hmm. and I don't want to play that game. And I was like, you know what? While I'm downloading these games, I'm going to go ahead and snag Fortnite just to try it out. And I did, and it was Fortnite. It's you know, I actually, I've said it before. I really like Fortnite uh, if it didn't have building in it, and I do like it without building in it. So. Well, two Pretty things. Much. First of all, Ghost uh, Ghost Runner is sick. It's very challenging, but I think you'll like it. It looks like a 3D version of Hotline Miami and Super Hot. That's not the craziest comparison. Like you enter, it looks. But like there's so much. To, but there's so much running involved everything. too. It's kind of like it's almost like if you mix like old um, um, Prince of Persia and stuff like that with the way that you just kind of have to really think about your movements and how you're going to go and get to the next spot. Without getting hit, because it's essentially if you get hit, you're done. See, that's how I'm Miami right there. Yeah, so and super that's, hot. that's fun. Uh, I like that, and, but it's it, it was challenging. But it was also like when you finally got it, you're like, yes, I did it. It's I, all so, sword based, right? Like you, you yeah, you, you don't you don't sword. have a gun, but they yeah. do. So you've got to be very smart about the way that you approach a situation, and sometimes that means having to like snake around the level back through so that you get the ideal path to where they can't hit you. In the that's in-between. pretty cool. It's pretty fun, and it's a graphically a really interesting game too. Um, but going to um, my brain went dead. Um, the other game that you were talking about, Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite, yes. Having literally never played Fortnite in my life, the closest I've gotten was somebody was talking about it, and I downloaded it more or less just to get the shut up. If I'm being honest, and then we never played it anyway. So I was like, all right, and I just deleted it. Um, outside looking in. What do you think it is about Fortnite that works when you take the building out? Because the only I don't mean this in any way. I just mean that from outside looking in, the building seems like the thing that really differentiated it. And I'm curious what it is that differentiates it or at least makes it so good that it doesn't matter that the differentiating, differentiating quality is gone from the game. Right. Well, Fortnite is incredibly unpolished. As a matter of fact, I would argue that there's only three polished Battle Royale games. Yes, yeah. Fortnite, Apex, Warzone. Okay. Um, Fortnite is one of uh, is the only one of those three as well that has third person, like yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, and it is the one that is the most uh, like kid friendly because the amount of pop culture that goes into Fortnite is is absolutely ridiculous. I was surprised to see like Doctor Strange. And there's other things that I forgot. Like yesterday, I opened it up just to go through and look of all the people you could be. Well, like like John Wick. I like, assume, and I don't know, like being people. This is one of the big questions. Does being people actually entail anything different? No, than they're just skins. Okay, so like a Spider Man was one of them. But uh, see, am I wrong in that they introduced? I, th- I thought I remembered seeing someone post a video of like you could spiderweb swing. That was probably so. Like they they have events like when they had like the Thanos event, like a gauntlet when it hit the ground, and like you could grab it and you would literally become Thanos. Like you oh, could like literally cool. fly around the map and stuff as Thanos, and you would you'd not use weapons and you're big. I'm, I would think that they either had a mode for that because there's actually a lot. The last time I played Fortnite, there was just one mode, and that was or two. There was the Fortnite versus the world, or zombies versus the world, or whatever, and then the the battle royale mode. There, the the original mode, like uh, the original what Fortnite was. Y- made. Yeah, like where you, where, I rem- that I've seen Fortnite played the yeah. most before it was ever a battle like royale, like a tower defense game. Yeah, well, no, um, <laughs> that was when Jonathan bought it when he lived here, and I watched him play it. Yeah, yeah. it's but see back then, um, 
uh, it was just those two modes. Well, like I started it last night, and there was like a like a Grand Theft Auto style mode. Like I think there was an Among Us style mode. It looked like. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it's a lot. The people from Among Us were upset that the game essentially copied their idea on a bigger budget. I, I don't remember what anything happened from that, but I remember that being a contentious moment. Well, Among Us cop- uh, literally copied the thing, so yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Um, the argument at the time was how they were the first people to bring it to a video game form, and that prop hunt. Epic was... Yeah, again, I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's what they were saying. Like, prop hunt, obviously, is not the same thing, like, when you're debating. <laughs> prop hunt is, like, the true, like, I'm gonna be something that I shouldn't be to blend in and hide yeah. from people trying to find me. Um, but, yeah, like, it was it was okay. Um, the Did week- Prey do that? It did. Prey did have a, the new. Like, if, Prey, if Prey did not have a prop hunt multiplayer thing, then what a wasted. Two thousand fifteen. Oh, Prey. God, I don't even remember when Prey two came out. Or Prey two thousand. It was either two thousand fifteen because Doom was two thousand sixteen, right? Yeah, two thousand fifteen or two thousand seventeen. I think you're right. I don't think because it, it, it had to have been the year before or after. Yeah. Um, anyway, go ahead. But, um, so yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, and then last week, uh, I. Uh, well, there was another game I've been playing. It's kind of on the couch because I've been reading Attack on Titan on my tablet, and nice. that's that's pretty good. Um, I, I'm I'm catching up to the point of like where I I, I am getting into new content because I've read it before. Oh, okay, um, yeah. and I kind of stopped because it slowed down. But now knowing how far the story goes and it's done, I'll give it a chance because I didn't know how far long it was going to go across. Yeah, Chris and I were talking about Attack on Titan earlier this week, uh, and. I was saying that I didn't. I, I stopped watching, and he's like, "That's crazy." I think it's one of the best openings, or whatever, and all these different things. But it I was is. Like, it's it, at the same time. It was. I was watching it, and I definitely wasn't going to read it at that point for sure. I was watching it when it was brand new, like 2013. In 2013, it, um, had, it had an amazing opening, and then it got into the part of like a slice of life kind of style anime, like right after that. Am I wrong, Chris? Like, do I remember that correctly? I don't think he's watched. It. I think he's. Just I've never it. watched well, the anime. I don't watch it. Okay. Uh, Either way, my point is that it started at the time. It was that idea of like, even if I really love this, yeah, it's like I can't binge it, and so my brain is just gonna forget it. And and literally, I've never watched it since. It kind of it started off real well, like it started off very strong, and then um, and then it slows down just a little bit. And if you don't keep up with the slowdown, because it shoots off again, um, and stays at that peak, um, it's. It's that's where a lot of people drop off at, but it has one of my favorite manga transitions in history, um, where uh, it's it's in like the second or third volume. I think it's the second volume. I think it's the first chapter. I think is where an Aaron Yeager he's standing on top of the wall, and this is after the, the 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 Titans have attacked already, and he's talking about he's like humanity will be saved, and literally the next page is the colossal Titan standing behind him staring at him. I'm like oh, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That's yeah. pretty pretty well done. Um, but yeah, I have been playing. I've restarted Final Fantasy VIII on oh, my Switch. Okay. Yeah, um, because you know I talked about it with you before. I talked about it with Sean before. That is that's one of my least favorite Final Fantasy games. But I haven't played it as an adult, so I'm gonna give it the fair shot as an as an adult. For a lot of people, it it was so different than every Final Fantasy that came around it. Well, okay. So my thought process is back then it's like this was this was back when I was like farming um, like chocobo races and stuff mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy VII, doing yep. the ultimate weapon and doing max damage. Well, I'm sitting here thinking, well, in Final Fantasy VIII because I played a good chunk of Final Fantasy VIII, I did not beat it. Um, okay, yeah. But I got I got I, I still remember the cast pretty well, like Zell, Laguna, uh, Quintus or Quintus, but yeah, uh, Renoa. Um, cipher, but um, 
that game does, has a flaw to me, and that's where the game levels with you. But I, I realize that you that there's a solution for that, and that's using the um, not Gambit system. It's whatever their system is called. I'm not. I, I just now got Quasi Codal, but it's, oh, yeah. it's the um, but yeah, or, yeah. It's um, the system, like the battle system, yeah. like the, the way you assign the magic to your character, and then yeah. it's, that's how you overlevel the game. And yeah, I, as a I kid, I didn't agree. understand that. It, it's what I'm nine times out of ten. There's the occasional game that I kind of get it, but. I think games are so weird when they use level scaling because it inherently makes you feel like you're not getting any more powerful well, because it's like everything continues to do roughly the same percentage of damage. Yeah, me and Seth were talking about that yesterday with Skyrim. Yeah, it's like Skyrim. There is, I said, if you you really walk out of the cave of Skyrim, and you can go anywhere on the map, and you encounter not only for the most part at level one, you encounter the same enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way Elder Scrolls game works, but they they're all the same difficulty. Yep. No matter where you are, regions are not harder. Like you can go across the map from where you spawn, and you think, "Oh man, I'm really far. This is going to be a different world." And there might be some like regional enemies, but for the most part, it's still bandits. Well, giants. I remember that that was the first game that ever did it too, because like Oblivion did not level scale, nor did Morrowind. Well, Oblivion Oblivion did do the thing though, like where you couldn't see like glass armor and ebony armor and Daedric armor and, uh, until you hit certain levels. Yeah, that's true. Um. And that's really what I meant by that is like you wouldn't see certain enemies like the the first way to get Daedric armor in Oblivion. I think you have to be level fifty. I think it's either the fifty or twenty five. You have to be pretty high. Well, Daedric armor you can start getting as soon as you go into the Oblivion portals in Oblivion, like no, the, the actual portals, not the get, actual, not the actual Daedric armor. Oh, what is it not? I nah. thought do you, do you get ebony in those? No, I really thought it was Daedric because I know you can get Daedric weaponry. You can from get those yeah, for you sure. have, well, you get Draymora weaponry mm-hmm. in that, those. Yeah, that's right, Draymora. Um, but yeah, like it's that, those games do that kind of weird thing, and they all all done it. That's a quirk they have. But um, you know, I I don't remember Final Fantasy VIII story. I remember Squall and and Renoa being in love, and I remember Laguna being a gunny edgelord, and Cipher being like Cipher in every Final Fantasy game, and Zell being a fist combat guy. I don't remember Quistus or Quintus or whatever her name is, the teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what she did. It's been so long since I played it. Because uh, I literally played it with my cousin Brett, coincidentally enough, on his PS One. But uh, what have you been playing? What have you been up to? That's been it for me. Uh, I don't think I've played anything else besides Gran Turismo Seven. <laughs> I played RuneScape. I, I got back into you know as I do every couple of weeks, questing on RuneScape and having a good time. Um, and then uh, of course the Gran Turismo Seven update has came and made my life so much easier and also brought a lot of fun events to the game. So the newest update has added endurance races um, that essentially you have, or there's a bunch of challenges. The ones I've been doing most recently is that there's one where you have a 30 minute time limit and there are eight laps and there's fuel consumption, tire consumption, all that. So you have to, it's way more complicated. Yeah, because you actually have to think about what tires you're going to wear, you're going to use because some tires are quicker and give you better grip, but they wear out quicker. So you have to pit. And if you go to the pits, you lose time and you lose positions. Um, and then there's fuel consumption, and there's this, uh, there's these little uh, MDF, MFDs, whatever they are, that you can switch between that show you like a radar, uh, the track layout. Radar will let you see what cars are to the left or right of you, so you can kind of have a feeling of what's around you. Okay. Then there's one that's for fuel consumption, and you can on the fly adjust it from a value of one to six, one being more power but but more fuel burn, and six being really lean but not as powerful. And you actually, during the race, you've got to like – 
crank there's a little red dial and as you're racing you can crank it up and be at six you're lean whenever you're not around any other cars and then when you need to overtake somebody you can crank down to four this is give yourself more power it's it's yes it is but it's been fun and if you there's eight laps but whenever the 30 minute timer gets up whatever lap you're on becomes the last lap so it's like a you got to try and stay as good as you can, but it's a 30 minute race. Yeah. So it's, it's complicated, but if you get first place, your award, your award is 550,000, uh, before even a clean race bonus. And that's a huge increase on what was given out before. So I've finally been able to buy one of the three multiple million dollar cars I need for one of the trophies for the three legendary cars. So as Chris said, I'm going for that platinum. (laughs) I'm going to get down. But it's just going to be a bit. I need to get back to doing sport races uh, and stuff so I can get the Autobahn mileage trophy and 50 sport races. I thought I originally would have had it this week, but then I ended up kind of just every time I was playing, I was trying to perfect that little 30 minute race and get some money built up because the cars in the legend car thing rotate out. So there was one that I was close within reason. I had four million and it was six point two. And I was like, I can earn. Two million in a few <laughs> days if I just put my head down and do it. So that's been it for the most part. Um, but moving along, we're going to go ahead and hop into the community's take so we can get your thoughts on the topic that we gave last week, as well as, I guess, give Saul an opportunity to give any thoughts he may want to uh, in regard to uh, the PS Plus tiers as they were. And of course, I forgot to pull these things up ahead of time. So my bad. But essentially, the question was, how do you feel about the new PlayStation Plus tiers? And uh, which one do you think you'll be subbing to, if any? And I put this out very late last night when I realized uh, while watching Sonic, (laughs) as soon as we got done watching the new Sonic movie, I was like, I got to put that out. Um, but we got at least a handful of answers. So thank all of you did. We have Mr. No Fate here who says, I like how Sony says no one wants backwards compatibility, but yet puts all the PS1 to 3 games behind the biggest paywall. They clearly don't want our attention or taken away from the, mon- <laughs> the monetizations that games offer today, which is an interesting response, but I think it tells that he doesn't like the fact, and I think this is a, a big point, that at least as we've been told so far, Backwards compatibility seems to be locked entirely behind your tier, which is something that was brought up by um, TT Dog over on our Discord, one of our patrons, and get, get a kind of gut check from you guys on that. How do y'all feel about at least currently? And Sony could come out and say, "No, if you have the disc, you can put it in, and it'll work as long as it's a PS One <laughs> or a PS Two game." They're not going. I don't think they will either, but I'm curious. Uh, but not. do y'all think that that's a? What do you think about? It? Like, do you think that most people are just like it's it's unfortunate, but most people are going to lay down and take it, or like, that's Sony's thought process, or what? Because there's clearly no reason that you can't just put the disc in and go if you own it. If these games are up and working, um, and I think a lot of people are comparing this to Xbox's backwards compatibility. To where if you own the disc, you put it in and it downloads a digital copy of the game. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into that, but Chris, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, it would be nice, but it doesn't It doesn't seem like that. I don't know. I, I, I find backwards compatibility to be overrated to begin with, so this doesn't really bother me. Um, I would love to 
take my collection of PS3 games and put them in my PS5, but I don't know. That's not why I bought a PS5. And I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. And not I mean, you still have a PS3. I do, yeah. But I don't think that comparing it to Microsoft is valid because Microsoft Sony is advertising more backwards compatible games. I think triple what Microsoft even has available. So unless I'm wrong, but it's well, I, mean, it I guess like where do where do you? Th- I, I the problem right now that at least from what I see is I don't think that there's really a there's nothing that hints toward account. There's just what systems, but there's doesn't it say uh, three to four hundred backwards compatible games? N- not that I saw, but if, if that is what it says, then your point's completely valid. But I didn't see that. I'll look um, it up. It, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it being behind the paywall because it wasn't there. So you could either not get it or pay for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, at some point. But I don't I this would be one of the moments where I don't necessarily know that I agree that it's something that's not comparable to Microsoft. I mean, this is pretty much bit for bit if you think about going back from two well, original Xbox. What it's I'm, just different in how they're actually pushing it out in terms of marketing it as a feature. No, my my point was more that Microsoft has a limited number and it seems to me if I was reading it correctly there's a lot more on uh there's going to be a lot more on the PS service so well, Microsoft is a very curated and specifically made thing where well sure and to that end I agree that if they have less in the long run then it is nice to have more but at the same time, I think that quantity shouldn't necessarily take away from just a, a feature level that says, or at least in terms of shouldn't be able to be compared of being able to put your disc in when the games are already there. They're already worked out to do this. And for Microsoft side, you can either do it behind a paywall with things like Game Pass or you or just buy the games outright. Um which also remains to be seen here. Will the games be able to be bought outright or will they be literally put behind the paywall no other way to attach them so that they have a reason to drive people toward this premier tier um or if you own the game then put it in and, and it works it out from there but i mean quantity definitely matters but then there's also on top of that does quantity of games overpower what some people like of enhanced backwards compatibility and that's just another feature within sony's version of what they're doing insofar as the information we have that is not going to be there. I don't know. I think enhanced backwards compatibility would make the argument even less that you should be able to put the discs in personally. But this says Extra has 400 games in it, and then Premium has 340 more games, including PS1, PS2, PSP. So you can take that wording however you want. I took it as well, they were PS1, adding... PS2, PSP, and PS3, right? Because PS3 games are not in the middle tier. It's the one thing I remember. So if I you mean, look at what PS now has... Tier. It's exactly. PSP, so if you, PS1, PS2. So in that sense, it's depending. That's why it, I don't know what games they're adding. This is essentially PS now already at this point. Um, because if you're not including the PS3 games that are on PS now, that's a significant chunk of PS now is like 700 games. Yeah. So, essentially, sure. they're only adding, because they went from saying 700 games to 750 with this, they're only adding 50 games from PS1, PS2, and PSP, which is not a very 
it's not a lot. <laughs> I guess you get, you know, 15, 16 games from each system if you just wanted to try and break it up three ways, which they probably won't do. Um, either way, Saul, uh, what's your what's your feelings here? Um, and, and just in <clears throat> general with the news of the services, I mean, it's it's kind of like they, they didn't really change a whole lot except for the final tier. Kind of just roll PS Plus and PS Now together, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of what I think everybody expected. So, yeah. you know, nothing... Super exciting there, I think, in terms of the change-up. Um, you know, with this, it's interesting. If you don't compare it to anything um, and you think about the value, because it's $120 for a year, right? Mm-hmm. For, for the Premier tier. For Premier, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for the amount of backwards compatibility you get to get PS Plus games, to get the, uh, the way to play online, all that stuff, you know, you could say that that's worth it. Singling out backwards compatibility games, though, being locked behind it is interesting. It's kind of what Nintendo just did with their mm-hmm. fifty dollar um, yearly thing of like. Is that what it moved up to? I knew it went yeah, higher. It's fifty dollars. Okay. Um, which I got a technically a discount because I got the Animal Crossing DLC when they had it, and it was fifty dollars for both. So oh. it was like instead of paying twenty five dollars for Animal Crossing DLC and fifty for the online, I got both for twenty five dollars technically. Sure. Um. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. I do think that he does bring up a, a fair point about how, like Jim Ryan talking about nobody wants to play older games, but then when they finally make it available, they hide it behind what is the most expensive tier. Um, yeah, I do think that that's kind of an interesting point to make that I hadn't thought of until now. So I would have to stew on that longer. But um, in terms of for what it is now. Uh, I'm sure that there was loopholes in the beginning. I'm actually I've heard of like loopholes of getting it cheaper. Mm-hmm. There's always ways to get these services cheaper, um, but that doesn't excuse the fact that services can be locked behind higher payrolls or not payrolls, but pay tiers. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I I haven't thought about it in that way yet. About it being technically the only way you can do this is locked behind 120 dollars mm-hmm. a year, and and at that point, is it worth it? Like. They haven't officially had a list come out yet of everything that's on Nothing, it. So no. I can't I can't judge yeah. if it's worth it or not. The, you give me every Final Fantasy game that that's come out on PlayStation One, which is hint most of them. Um, even though at me, this point most of them have been remade. To well, okay. Well, the Pixel remasters I can't get. Yeah, true. So I want to play through one, two, three on my Switch. I have seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Mm-hmm. I so I have and and those are my favorite Final Fantasy games minus six. Sure. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics Core of the Lions, PSP game that better be on there. Crisis yeah. Core would not be on there. I already uh, taken that out of my heart. Uh, yeah, see, that's go, my sleep, you're going towards there. exactly the thing that I was thinking, which is this becomes valuable to a very select group of people who like more niche games, so who are big fans of PSP and stuff like that. If you can get games like go to PS2, if you can get games like the Rare Dot Hack games that weren't remade or remastered. If you can get like Xeno Gears from PS2 that yeah. people love, if Dark you Cloud, get, if you can get like the Dark, which Dark Clouds actually they had the PS2 version uh, for the PS4 Classic, so that wouldn't surprise me. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, uh, which they're gone now. Dark Cloud One and Two, I'm pretty sure you can't buy those now, right? Because I'm pretty sure you still can. Okay, I thought I thought I read that when when they announced that the service was the thing, you can't buy PS2 Classics. They took PS2 Classics off the market. Ooh, if they did, then I, did I, read that wrong? That. I think you're confusing. GTA's PT, PS2 classics being removed. That might be what it is for yeah, this. But I I'll be, check. I'm checking right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I might be. I might be confusing the two. Uh, yeah, do do games like that, and then for like PSP, do games that never got digital releases, yeah, so no, they've Dark been Clouds lost to the, the ether. 
Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, but yeah, dude, Crisis Core. Uh, yeah, game, yeah, dude. Like all of those types of games, which is like some of the absolute best PSP Rin Goku games. games were yeah. fun. If you pull this off the right way, this can become really valuable to a very core group of people. Kills on Liberation. Mm-hmm. So, dude, Kills on Liberation. Kills I on really hope it's on there. Well, it's not Vita games, but but yeah. So I want finish up, and then or Chris, if you if if it's okay, if Chris interjects, right? Yeah, now. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that Crisis Core is not going to be on this service. No, it's not. No, I'm wrong. Because I don't think it will either. Well, it's coming back because the GeForce leak we can confirm is 100% fact. So Crisis Core is coming, but it's definitely not going to be on the surface. <laughs> the, the real question is, what is Crisis Core? Yeah, because that, that GeForce way, has, right? Is it a remaster? Is it a remake? Is it, is is it, it a chapter gonna be like, Yeah, or is it going to be like a standalone DLC that you can play without it that's kind of like they did for the uh, Final... I haven't played it yet, so I'm, my brain is skipping on the name. But what's the Final Fantasy VII... Um, integrate chapter integrate yeah yeah so is it going to be like that is it going to be like a DLC for part two that's like crisis core are they going to do it before part two comes out so that you can play it and then you for people who didn't get to play it they can understand how this plays into the larger story as they continue to break out yeah I don't want to say too much more because yeah, of, are they going to change it because of what yeah. the Final Fantasy 7 has done who knows yeah, um, there's a lot of questions they'll add some mentors but, to it but yeah, my final thoughts on it are that is that similar to what the way the indies took away uh, or the indies came to Switch and it, and it kind of they stopped going to Vita, mm. so Switch became a main console for that. It's kind of become that way with Switch of being like the best way for me to play older games. Sure, um, that's what I'm waiting for Pixel Remasters on to be able to play one through six on my Switch. To be able to play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, not nine, but yeah, nine, What's ten, and then twelve. To play eleven Final Fantasy games, all it, like ha- to have that ability at once is amazing. Now, just give me tactics back on Switch, but give me one of the lines on my PS4. I don't like I don't like tactics based games on consoles like home well, see, consoles. I like those on Fi- handhelds. Final Fantasy Tactics or War of the Lines, none of neither of the actual original game have been on any non PlayStation console, right? It was PS1 phone. and then War of the Lines was PS. Yeah, I was gonna say it is for sure on phones because they I did have, put Final I, Fantasy Tactics on phone. It is. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I, I have it on my iPhone. Nice. It's a great game. It is. I'm going to download it again. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so that's pretty much the ending of my thoughts on this. Okay. Yeah, it'd be interesting. So you know what would be the absolute wildest, like crazy slap in the world is if somehow Square, uh, uh, um, Nintendo was able to go to Square and get them to release a remaster of Crisis Core on Switch. That would be the wildest thing. I, I almost wish that that's how things would happen because if I worked at Nintendo, I would almost be like, what's a petty thing we can do? <laughs> we can Let's look at what PlayStation fans have been asking for and not getting, and let's do it. Oh, they've been wanting to replay War of the Lines, but Sony hasn't even remotely talked to Square about it. Hey, Square, if we give you this much money, can you just uh, can we get War of the Lines remastered on, P- on the Switch over here? I'd buy for sixty dollars. <laughs> I would buy for sixty dollars. That's what I mean. I would. I would buy it. They could give me a. a 80, I guarantee you right now an eighty dollars collectible collector's edition with no with no cart. <laughs> Just give me a statue. And I'll buy it. I guarantee you, if they did Crisis Core remastered, they they could charge sixty four all day long, and people would be like, "Thank you, Nintendo. Thank you." <laughs> I say, look, just downloaded it. As long as they do it better than the course Chrono Cross. Chrono Crosses seem to be a a weird thing of people talking about it being fantastic and no issues and other people being like, this game is rife with bugs and performance issues. Yeah. I was watching the Digital Foundry thing and it run the PS4 version runs worse than the PS1 version. So 
Oh, you know what? I want to make a I'm, just while I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it right now. Um, Evilise and uh, Final Fantasy Twelve and Tactics are the best are the best form of Final Fantasy worlds there has ever been. Uh, Evilise is also in um, uh, what is that game called? Hold on, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, Tactics Ogre. No, um, it's a it's a completely oh, vagrant and, story. Uh, Vagrant story. Yeah, I was gonna say Joan d'Arc, but yeah, you're right. It's Vagrant story. This, I get oh, those yeah. two mixed up. Where was uh, Joan d'Arc? What, what was that? I don't remember, but I get I get that in Vagrant story mixed yeah, up. Yeah, Vagrant story is definitely the one I was. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Evilise is in Tactics Ogre too. All right, pretty, then. Pretty sure. I think if not, Do Tactics Ogre. That. For those that don't know, Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics One, and Land of the Lions, and Tactics Advance all share the same uh, director and art style creator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Liam over on Twitter says premium for the classics, which I'm still very curious to see what those end up being. Uh, we have Josh Ayers, one of our patrons over on Facebook says, I'll sub to the deluxe version as it's the best one here. I think it's a, it's a smart idea spinning the service into tiers as it can finally not be a regional thing and can be a worldwide platform. I hope Sony don't give a time on when their first party titles will join it and don't make an identifiable cadence these moves will disincentivize spending money on games which the industry doesn't need. Okay. Yeah. All right. So talking specifically about lack of day and date and how that doesn't bother them. Uh, we have Joey McPherson. He says, I'm probably doing the mid-tier. I doubt the top tier will have all the old games that I want to play. Just recently picked up a Series X. Last Xbox system I had was the original. For as much credit they get for backwards compatibility, there's tons of games I wanted to get, and they're not backwards compatible, like NFL Street, NBA Street, Need for Speed Underground 1 and 2, and I wanted to get some old SmackDown versus Raw wrestling games. And that speaks to what Chris was talking about. At the end of the day, they'll the approach that Microsoft took is more involved because they always bring whatever game they're doing back in a digital format, which means licensing comes into play. They have to work with publishers. They want to make sure that it works and then gives it some form of enhanced backwards compatibility. So while it's nice to have that, it does mean that you get an incredibly curated thing. Mm-hmm. And that does mean that some of these old games that are absolute classics to me and you may not be on there. I've said, right. I wish that the Xbox series X or, any of them would have had a enhanced backwards compatible version of Midnight Club Los Angeles that I could just play at 4K because that game is essentially perfect. I don't need anything else to happen to it. Essentially, if you make it run at 4K, I don't even need a remaster, baby. That game is already good to go. <laughs> so, but that's not where we are, and we didn't I, get that. So, there's a part of me that, like, I, even though I have a PS3 and I have the game, there's a part of me that is like, it would be cool if Sony was like, yeah, you like that game? All right, good. Here it is on our service, and mm-hmm. you can do it. But as we already know, it'd be streaming for PS3 titles. I can't even play Jet Set Radio Future, a pack-in game, on my Xbox. A Yeah, a partnered Xbox exclusive with Microsoft and Sega, and they don't have it anywhere. I was really that, surprised at that. Best game on that console. That would seem like the thing that you would go toward immediately. Yeah, the first <laughs> one. Hey, here's the, what was it? Mid- Project, oh, Project Gotham Racing. And yes. uh, Jet Set Radio Future. That was I remember the two pack. I, yeah, yeah. I uh, Project Gotham Racing Three or whatever it was yep. for three. I actually liked that game a lot. Yeah, it's it's totally weird that you say that. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. I didn't pay anything for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a fun time. 
Uh, I haven't thought of that game in a long time. Like, just like uh, all the people just have IP that they just go, man, we're not going to do anything with that. Yeah, like raises hell. Oh man, great! Game. Oh, what a what a wild time. Old games are really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's see. We got one more that I'm going to be doing here, or two quick ones because they're essentially the Snow Jedi. Uh, the Snow Jedi, one of our new patrons, or he's back to being a patron. Thank you, sir. He says I like them. I would subscribe to the mid range one. And then Awesome Dave one three three seven says I'll be subbing to the middle tier, but if they have trophy support for the for the legacy games, I'll jump on the highest tier in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, so that's over on our Discord if you want to be part of that. Uh, but last one on Discord comes from RudeDays93, one of our longtime patrons. He uh, he says, right now, I'm very mad on the tiers. A lot of that being we just don't know the games yet and not even what games we'll be getting demos for or time trials, as they're saying. I'm just staying on the first tier for now and maybe occasionally jumping to the middle tier if, say, it's just cheaper to play a game like Returnal for a month instead of outright buying it. I feel like these tiers are much more for a hardcore PlayStation fan, and as for a casual fan like me who really only buys first party and a few other exclusive third parties, those uh, there really isn't a hook to go higher on the tier list yet. I think that's a pretty fair standpoint. Mm-hmm. And that actually is the way I word this. As interesting as it is, the, the highest tier... I would almost imagine that Sony knows that it's only for hardcore PlayStation fans. Like the, I don't, I doubt that they intend most people to go to the highest tier. If they do, I'd be interested because I don't, I don't see the casual appeal to it yet. Realistically, well, so. casual appeals seven hundred and forty <laughs> games for free. So arg- arguably, for casual gamers, this is, spending that twenty bucks is the best deal you can get out on PlayStation, even if you don't play the backwards compatible games. Just those four hundred PS4 and PS5 games and not alone is enough. Which I well, guess would be the extra tier. tier but yeah, yeah, that's that, that's my point. Is the highest tier really only seems to be there for the app the people who are well, hardcore PlayStation fans and want to play these old games. You may get the occasional casual person bumping into it because they see that, oh, this old game I used to play is on there and they bump jump in for nostalgia and maybe they'll keep it for a year or for a month or whatever it be and then bounce back out. But I think that the people who will really be going hardcore for it are going to be people who want to play the classics like Liam because that's really the differentiating factor for the highest tier. Mm-hmm. Well, it's <clears> one of those things where like, I feel like if you're buying into the middle tier... You might as well spend the two extra dollars and buy into the premium tier. That's the thing or that's the 20, weird about the, the twenty more. Uh, that that'd be my thing. Is like if you're going definitely if you're going for a yearly, why would you look at the ninety nine and then look at the one twenty? I mean, I'm wrong. There's people who have to really budget, but yeah, for, for somebody sure. who doesn't really need to do that, I would be surprised if you wouldn't just go on the off chance that there's an old game that gets either rotated into the service or whatever, or some extra benefit they get. I'll spend the extra twenty right now. Yeah. You know, but still, we'll see. I I still think that the overarching outward facing thing of it is that it's primarily for people who are big fans, and everybody else will just be a might as well in case we get something extra out of it and it's cheap enough. Or middle tier is fine for me, and if they show something I like, I'll jump up into high tier. So, um, a question we were asked, and we were kind of discussing it uh, internally, and and. Saying, thinking that we've kind of done something close to it, but we'll go ahead and do a quick recap. Um, 
Joey McPherson over on Facebook sent in a question. He said, question for next episode. If there was one more tier in the new PS Plus for, let's say, $300 a year for all of the other tiers benefits along with day and date games and maybe a subscription to Crunchyroll, would you choose that tier? Would it be worth the money? And this is clearly just a a made-up price and everything just to kind of get the thing. But essentially... If a higher price tier that was significantly higher, let's even just double it. Let's say from one twenty a year to two forty, would that be something that would actually entice any of the three of us? Um, you know, the, the hard thing about day and date, realistically, is that you never know how heavy a year a first party output will will have. Mm-hmm. And so if you're paying this extra cost, one year it might be amazing because Sony may put out eight, nine, ten games and you really get to benefit from that. But then the next year, the value seems a lot less when you get God of War and Bloodborne 2. And not that those aren't amazing games, but at some point it's like, well, if it's if, if I got two games that would have cost me $70 each, that's $140. I spent an extra 120 at that, you know, imaginary 240 point. At what point would I have just been better off to stick with what I had before, be it middle tier maybe at 99, and just buy these games as I want for that year? So I think that Microsoft even deals with that. And even though it's a big, like, I think Game Pass has that thing where a lot of people are like, oh, day and date, first party games. But there are long periods of time where Microsoft just doesn't have any new first party titles hitting it. So if we're looking at that specific feature, I, it doesn't really move the needle for me in any big way. There would be years where it might seem worth it. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Um, I don't think it's worth it, personally. I would rather... say if Sony was ever going to do day and date, this would be what I would think that they would do. They would make it something so high just so they could say they offer it and that if they get it, it benefits them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like... I don't know I don't about know. that high, but I think that they would definitely price it up high on purpose so they could be like, look, we offer it, but it, for most people, it's probably going to still be a better idea for you to just buy the games outright. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, it's just don't bother doing it to me. I don't know. I agree. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that's a... You know, you need to be in the, the price that it is now or you just don't do it. Because past that point, like, you're just going to get me for $60 every time. It's the same way in a lot of ways. I would rather pay the 17 a month than the 120 a year. You know, it's just the $17 a month I'd rather pay than a, a block of 120 once. Really? That's dumb. Yeah. Do you do your PS Plus by the month? Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Yeah, because I, mean, I would rather pay $10 your prerogative. Than, than pay 60 at one time. That's just how I am. But then you pay 120 Across yes, the whole but year, I pay one twenty across a year, and not sixty dollars at one shot. Fair I know enough. it doesn't make any sense. It's just less money you spend at once, so it feels. Well, no, it does. Feel, it, no, it does make sense for people who really need to budget and can't afford the sixty at once. It might make more sense for their budget to go. I can squeeze ten dollars a month out of my monthly budget rather than I can squeeze one month of sixty. But then I would just kind of if I, if it was me, I'd be like, well. I'll squeeze the 60 now, but then all these other months I get $10 back into my budget. That would be the way I would justify it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I also, this is also from like, like I haven't uh, been making the kind of money I am now for a while. So it's, 
it was one of those things where like, yeah, $60 was a, a fifth of my paycheck, you know, for a long time. Yeah. So it was worth Fair. much better to spend the 10. I could probably yeah, do I remember it now, but. When I started with PS Plus and was yeah. buying it for a year back when it was on PS3 as just an extra service. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, I remember I was working at the hospital here in town and my paychecks uh, for every two weeks were $499. <laughs> so $60 was a lot of money. Exactly. Uh, but I still did it. And yep. I still thought it was a big benefit. And I got to play the new Tomb Raider because of it uh, about like three or four months after launch. So it's it's interesting how we have some of these conversations. But I actually feel like if we're looking at these value, like Sony was really ahead of the curve on that. Like I, I got to play a lot of games pretty close to launch because of an extra additive service that wasn't even remotely required at the time. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. Um I think that puts that off. So thank you all for being part of that. Remember, if you want to be part of the community's take, you can head over to our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are at uh, at TriangleSQRD. You can find us on Facebook at the group Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Ask to be put into there, and we will gladly accept you. Or you can find us in the Discord where everyone is here and be part of the conversation in our dedicated community's take section, as well as talk about things we talk about in the podcast and the podcast open discussion section with all of our other friends that are in the Discord. Uh, but moving along into the news, first thing up, Housepark, the developer behind Returnal, took home a lot of honor, uh, honors at this week's BAFTA Awards with Returnal taking home the award for Game of the Year audio and best performance going to the star of the game, Jane Perry. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm sure Sony likes buying a studio and then immediately seeing that studio be showered with awards. (laughs) That is exactly what you'd want. The Sony effect. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, when Sony's putting that much of a bigger chunk of money behind a a Housemark game, which Returnal was had to have been far more expensive than any Housemark game that came before it. For sure. Um, just by nature of the step and the step up in quality and I won't say quality because all their games have been good, but specifically like art style and being fully 3D rendered and everything. I get what they're going for and uh, it was a big step up. Um, so congratulations to them. Uh, next up, some PlayStation users are reportedly finding that some pl- uh, classics uh, PS classics are no longer playable and have quote expired. We don't know the reason, but Kotaku suggests that this may be a result of placeholder uh, holder dates and a bug in the system. Hopefully Sony rectifies the situation, but we were not personally able to confirm this on our own. <laughs> yeah, Chris, we weren't able to confirm this on our own. <laughs> no, I mean, I did the legwork to find out if this was true, so you can laugh. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, so... It is true. Technology is really weird. There's an arbitrary date that you have to set for any system that tells it when the beginning of its life was. And they just, most of the time, there's a random date chosen. And I remember that this has caused issues elsewhere, too. I don't know if any of you remember the infamous original Zune that Microsoft put out Uh, at, what was it, 2010? Something happened where... A year, new year passed, and every Zoom just stopped working because something to do with its internal calendar and clock system couldn't account for a leap year or something that happened weird, and it just could not work. Uh, and they had to like go through and update it, and everybody had to plug their Zooms in and actually update them to get them to work because they didn't know that this was going to happen. Um, so these things definitely can happen, and sometimes they are a result of something weird. 
Um, but this one's very odd because it was like saying the game expired in 1969 and stuff, which is pretty interesting. That's probably the I imagine. I imagine this will be fixed, uh, and I don't imagine this is anything too crazy. If it becomes something more, and these games actually are no longer available for some crazy reason, this would be a really weird step in a new direction, because never have I seen on the gaming side of things you buying a game and then having your ability to play it digitally revoked. Uh, you know, they pull games from the store because they lose the ability to sell them from a legal standpoint. But this would be a big shift. I don't think that that's going to happen, if we're being honest. But no, it's unfortunate. Unless it has to do with uh, the new PS Plus. I actually thought about that. Is that this, is this happening because they're moving the licenses for this somewhere else as part of the PS Plus tiers? And whenever it went to try and check in and do a license check to renew the license, it was like, we couldn't find it. So we're just going to default back to the, the placeholder date. Maybe. That would it's make definitely sense. possible. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, next thing up, Sony's purchase of Bungie may already be bearing fruit. A new job, as new job listings for the studio suggest that they are staffing for a Destiny animated TV show. The job listing is for a senior producer, Linear Media, with expected skills being experienced with animation and scripted television. I'm curious who they're going to pull in to do this, or if this is going to be a Sony animation project. Studio, a Studio Ghibli destiny show man if i'm being honest whoever whoever it is that's behind arcane if i was sony i'd be like yeah can we get these people well they hired the riot games guy as their lead for that so maybe hey maybe regardless of what anybody thinks about anything else which that shows fantastic in my opinion but um the show looks incredible and yeah. but but so does Sony Animation. Here's the thing, it's almost everything that Sony Animation's done, even things that I don't really care for, like Hotel Transylvania, they still look fantastic. They're a great animation mm-hmm. studio. We can get a they sick Imagine Dragon stylistic out of fair. It. Yeah. Everybody wants to be my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> great song. I'll be honest, I don't even care for Imagine Dragons, but in the show, I didn't mind that either. I was just no, kind of like, oh, here, here we are. I don't, I, nobody likes Imagine Dragons, but I do really like that song. So good but for you. You do love it when you imagine Dragon on nuts across your head. I <laughs> knew it. <sighs> it's like a snake in the grass. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's see. Uh, I don't, th- this is interesting. Hmm. It, I'm, I don't really it, – it's weird because like, I guess this is a good time to talk about Sonic being a, a, a good recent example. The new Sonic movie I thought was excellent in understanding what it was based off of the first movie and then really more so than the first movie by far, taking the lore and ideas of the, of the game series and putting it into the movie in a far more heavy-handed way so that if you don't know much about Sonic, you need to learn it all. And it's cool. And if you do know a lot about Sonic, it's awesome to see it in play. It's it's also just a little weird when you just feel like you're being inundated with games as movies and games as TV. Even when it's done well, it's just kind of like, it feels like a lot of it's happening at once. But if they were going to do a Destiny show, I would say that some of the contention around the Halo series is probably proof of why you needed to go animated with it instead of being live action. Or you could Definitely just respect the source material. One of the two, you know, it's not that. Make <laughs> make your choice. Animated. But I think or, for 
considering that Destiny is far more space magic <laughs> than Halo yeah. really was, I think that trying to go live action with Destiny would be a, a hard move. And I think that oh. you would end up having some janky stuff. The only way to go live action with Destiny would be to do something like before the blue people show up and stuff. I don't yeah, know if like that's even interesting. Before the Awoken. Like, yeah. It would be really weird to make a Destiny TV show where it's just what the cataclysm that happened before the, the Guardian ever even came. Would it even be worth being called Destiny at that point? I mean, it's no. still Destiny lore. Uh, well, yeah. It I mean, it's be. still Destiny lore. You're right. Destiny lore is really cool. Destiny lore is really cool. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be an animated series about how the light came and visited the uh, the Fallen or whatever the <laughs> they're called and mm. how the light went away from them. That actually wouldn't surprise me if they went that direction. No. But we'll see. Uh, let's see. Gran Turismo 7's big rebalancing update is out, as I mentioned. Payouts and credits uh, gain are vastly improved. Some races being increased by 100%. The new races were also added along with an increase in the max amount of credits a player can hold at once. One of the really important things of this that I thought was cool, and I'm glad they did, is that circuit experiences, where you can go to a track and then go down to circuit experiences, and there's little challenges that you can complete until you get up to a one-lap attack where you have to get the entire lap within a certain time. Previously, those didn't offer you any rewards. And whenever they updated the game, they did. And even if you'd already completed them, you just go back in, hit the circuit experience, load in for a second, and then back out, and it would reward you for the entire suite, which I thought was awesome. And that was a big reason I was able to get to that $6 because I was already worked up to $5 million, and then I, re- I saw that that was a thing, and I was like, wait a minute, I did... 15 or so of those and i went in and got uh, almost two 6.25 million after that so that was nice being <laughs> awarded or rewarded rather in uh, in post for something we did so oh, yeah. i would say at this point uh, most of my concerns for entrance of 07 have been uh, alleviated and my if you were thinking about getting it don't I think I would uh, res- I take that back and say, if you're thinking about getting it at this point, it's worth it. They have absolutely done what they should have done, which tends to happen when people yell at you because you made a big decision that <laughs> negatively impacted everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Um, next up on the docket, Kingdom Hearts 4 is announced. It, had, it got a trailer reveal last night at the 20th anniversary event that was happening in Japan. A lot of people were uh, invited to it, but it was not originally given a live stream or anything. The trailer is out and about. Everyone can watch it, and there's no date or anything given, but you get a good look at what Kingdom Hearts is moving toward, uh, and if you're a fan at all, you should check it out. Saul... And I were having a conversation uh, before the episode whenever I showed him the trailer because he thought, and I get it, I would have thought too that it wasn't going to happen. Well, but I think with E3 not happening this year and all these different things going on, why not show it here? And then it ended up being that way. Uh, but Saul, you had a point about your feeling of Square Enix lately and let you take away with that. Well, I'll get to that later. Um, okay. What I do, what, I, what I'm the most surprised about is this is the first Kingdom Hearts game ever to come out Without a side game in between. Yep. Well, they announced two count. games, didn't they? Not that I saw. I was they might have. I thought they did. But uh, this not, is unless you. No, go unless ahead, you count Remind. I mean, I wouldn't count Remind. That was essentially just. 
I guess you could, but yeah. it's really Remind was not a side game. The only real story content was the reworking in a weird sense of like a giving a new perspective to the ending of the first game of Kingdom Hearts 3 and then all the data boss battles. I was just thinking back to it. And then the new content that as, after you beat the final data boss. The girl in the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4 was talking to the story about how this is a place people go while passing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Donald- yeah. Who? That's a character from. That's a that's one oh, of probably a side game. That, it's that, one of the original yeah. masters. This is this is uh, this is my problem with today. Kingdom Hearts stuff. But, I think it's I think I think Strelitzia is Marluxia's sister, if I remember right. Oh, that's cool. The um, the original Marluxia. I can't remember his name right now. The uh, they're but Donald and Goofy are looking for him. Mm-hmm. That explains why that's Hades in the cave. Because he's in the they they they're, they're, they're on the way to the they're going to hell. They're yeah, because like, <laughs> he's cause he's dead. Yeah. Just not that just now occurred to me, um, but yeah, the trailer looks really good. I'm just I, I am. Kingdom Hearts three did not leave the greatest taste in my mouth. No, I did not play Remind, and that may have helped. Re- Remind does make it better. Okay, um, which is unfortunate, but you know, yeah. Um, so I, I'll do what I normally do before any new Kingdom Hearts game. I'll replay the whole series up until this point, and. Uh, have to in a way watch hours upon hours of videos about mobile games that I would not touch. Um, I would. That, that's absolutely the way to go. Yeah, that's <laughs> I would just to not, throw that out I refuse there. to oh, play actually, those games. I don't even think you can anymore. I'm pretty sure the games have been taken down. Okay, well that's even that makes it. You know what? That's even more fitting for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> they, telling I think me they, that is making it harder to understand the story because games are getting taken down is right in line with everything else Kingdom Hearts does. It may not have been taken down. It may have been they gave it a final update to where essentially you can go on it and it's not online anymore. I can't remember, okay. but it was something to that degree. Well, um, and then I'll, I'll be up to date to know who she was. But yeah, dude, playing through the phone game would not have been the way to actually get that information. There's two phone you, games, isn't there? There was. Uh, or three? The, or the, just two? The main one that gave all the information for the Masters of Masters stuff was uh, Union Cross. And the problem with that game is I actually liked it. It was kind of fun, but you would only get story revelations like every 20 to 30 levels and sometimes even longer. So it would be like they'd update the game in chunks and then you'd have to play like 100 levels to get the story arc out for that. And it took forever. And then it would be a small story arc and it'd be like, okay, a month from now, we're going to give another story update. And it was like, it's cool story stuff, but it's like, it feels like you're just dragging to get to it you know yeah after you play so it's like you're like level 1600 in a mobile game and you're just like is this candy crush or what you know right and that's you know i think i did play a little bit of union x cross and i i don't remember much of it i got so to where ago. i was just watching people who were doing the japanese version and then because it's text-based they would just edit the english text into the spot uh, and i would just watch the story that way okay. <laughs> and it was a lot easier well and for, really cool stuff if it is they do Ooh. They did announce Kingdom two Hearts games is- for the record. So what's the other game? Uh, was it that, was it that puzzle Link. game? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look at that I just because know there's two games announced. I'm gonna look it up because I, I saw someone post a. Uh, it was like a, a match game thing, and it's a, a mobile game. It's yeah, it's a mobile game. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Kiki wants to argue that this is less complicated than the MCU. <laughs> what? Four phone games? Com- well, Brett looks it up. I'll, I'll pull up his tweet. 
Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm just want to see what type of game it is because this is like the that's the art style for the original. Yeah, that's Union X Cross yeah. art style. Mm-hmm. But um, and it looks like this is going into something more. For those that don't know, I am a massive fan of Kingdom Hearts. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's been exhausting to keep up with the story the way that they want you to, and I've fallen off of caring about it. I, I, yeah, I uh, honestly. Uh, Chain of Memories is probably one of my favorite Game Boy Advance games. It is weird that actually the side games for Kingdom Hearts are really good. Chain of Memories and Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance are all phenomenal games. Um, 358 over two days is also see, good. I never got a chance to play that yeah. one. Um, that was the one that only came to the... to the DS. No, well, no. I mean, like it came to the remastered version, but only as a movie, right? Yeah, and actually... Yeah. I mean, you don't, the game is good too, but the the story content is what's actually that, really great. That focuses about the nobodies, right? Uh, yeah, it's specifically about uh, Roxas', Roxas. time in the organization and Axel, how he met Shion and Axel. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just as I've gotten older, I just it, it's the the story wrapped up pretty well at three for me. Um, so I didn't care about Remind at all, even though uh, I will probably eventually play it. So I am excited to figure out what it is. And um, to get back into it, I just I gotta be in the right mindset for it. Okay, this is interesting. Why does this almost look like a? Okay, why it, couldn't you play the whole video like that? This this is odd. It looks like a. It, like it doesn't look bad at all. It actually looks far more like a like a normal Kingdom Hearts game for on phone than anything else they've done. Yeah. Also, oh, um, we're back to Tangled. Dude, I don't know if you caught it, but the subheadline you were just in it a second ago said that this was unveiled on, on Unreal Engine 4. Did I say that it was going on Unreal Engine 5? Does that mean Nomura has never stayed with one game engine? Are you talking about for Kingdom Hearts 4? Yeah. So to be Unreal 4? Yeah, and then I think it said in, the, in, in something I just saw on your screen a second ago about it will be in 5. Which <laughs> that's perfect. Well, this for- is maybe it's maybe missing link is Unreal Five. I doubt that they would go to Unreal Five right now for Kingdom Hearts Four just because of the development time that would take to shift when they have all the Kingdom Hearts Three systems built in Three finally or built in Unreal Four. Who knows? Yeah, missing link looks fine. <laughs> I mean, it's it's always the thing of what important story elements will be given out in a phone game. That's always the question you have to ask yourself. Square keeps trying to make phone games happen. And I guess to some degree they are because they make money off of them. So, you know, is what it is. It's some. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. It is. Kingdom Hearts 4 announced we'll move to <laughs> Unreal Engine 5. Hmm. So, Nomura has never stayed with the original game engine. A game has been designed on except for one, right? My, my curiosity really here is the original Kingdom Hearts were their own engines. Um, yeah. My real curiosity here, and I was wondering this for other games, because uh, while we're talking about Unreal 5, uh, there was a bunch of games that moved to Unreal 5. Um, Striker uh, moved. Uh, so, isn't it, what, Hold on, what's it called? Is it called Striker? Uh, that does not sound familiar to me at all, in any capacity. Is oh, it a game no, I, I, or a character? I, no, hold on. Stalker. My brain oh. is dead. Uh, Stalker 2 moved to Unreal 5, if I'm not mistaken. The PC? Um, the PC? The the one that got delayed? The one that got delayed. It's coming to consoles, too. Yeah. But, well, um, I, mean, the, I was going to say it was originally only on PC. Yeah, the original Stalker was. Um, that moved to Unreal 5. Uh, Sinua's Saga, or whatever they're calling the, the new Hellblade game, was originally started development under Unreal um, 4 and then moved to Unreal 5. Apparently. The game was on like four years ago. Um, 
And my, this is a question from Dylan that I don't really understand. How hard is it to move from Unreal 4 to 5? It might be really Since it's easy. the same engine, do you essentially, do most of your systems just up and move and then the system just has more that you can maybe, do? Maybe just the assets get updated? Well, one of the reasons I say is it depends on how custom of th- their version of Unreal was. Because uh, if y'all remember, the Arkham games were on Unreal 3. And Arkham Knight did not move to Unreal 4 because they had built up a lot of custom systems within 3 that they didn't want to have to rebuild for 4. Right. So to me, I guess it just depends on what you're doing um, and how you want to get there. I don't know. Um, One of the things they talked about for Unreal 4 for Kingdom Hearts 3 when they moved it, that they had to give it the... Uh, the Kingdom Hearts shader, or the the, the Kingdom shader, as yeah. they called it, and that's what gave it the art style look. Which is kind of it's kind of absent in this trailer, but it's 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 almost which might be looks, a purposeful move. Well, I was gonna say it looks it looks fine without it. I think it looks better if I'm being dead honest. I well, thought I thought it, three looked fine. It was a, it's a good looking game. Yeah, but I actually like this more. It loses some identity, but then it makes it feel refreshed. Yeah, yeah. It feels like Dark Seeker Saga is finally over and it's done, and this is a new chapter. Yeah, so and you can give it that style. Yeah, that style change. I agree. So I'm excited for it. Uh, give it a tone. Chris, are you a, are you a big Kingdom Hearts fan? Clearly, no. I'd rather die <laughs> than talk about this anymore. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, this entire episode has just become what we want at Kingdom Hearts four. Six. No, I gotta go to Kingdom Hearts five. <laughs> yeah, what we want at Kingdom Hearts uh, four and a half. Uh, the loves that binds. Um, Dream drop nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dream job nightmare for me, yes. Either way, I am curious. Uh, so, real question though, Saul, you were talking about Square's games being... Uh, I do want to talk about that because I think that one was kind of interesting. How since Final Fantasy... Um, 7 Remake. 7 Remake, you feel like most of Square's output has been great. I feel like, no, I feel like that's the one outlier in the past ten, like 5 to 10 years of... Oh, okay. Titles. We didn't get to that point. Already. Yeah, gotcha. So it's it's rare for me to have a AAA Square game come out and me be excited for it anymore. Seven was the one, and and if you recall, I wasn't actually even. I was excited for seven, but I had doubt a ton of doubt about seven. You did. Um. So even then, you know, I don't have any doubts about Kingdom Hearts because I don't think there's ever been a Kingdom Hearts I was not other than mobile games that I I was not excited to a capacity to play. Yeah. Um, I've always been excited to play by a Kingdom Hearts game. Final Fantasy games are a little different. I was not really excited to play. Actually, I was incredibly excited to play 15. That's one of the reasons why I was disappointed by it so badly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually excited to play Type Type Zero, Typo. Yeah, because because PSP game it came out to PS4. Yeah, Seth got it and Seth hated it, and then I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then it is that bad. <laughs> it it's, was. It's far too dated to bring to a console. Yeah, that needed to be as a handheld. It's a, a handheld game. You know, if it came out on Switch, I might give it another try for like five or ten bucks. If they would have put that out on Vita at the exact date that they did, yeah, it would have done better, I think. But um, but yeah, it's just I guess I should say not so much Square, but a little bit of Square, but mainly just mainline Final Fantasy games. Um, I'm I am incredibly excited for sixteen. But um, yeah, sixteen looks great. Yeah, it's it's just weird. Final like not Final Fantasy, but AAA, we have we have not a lot of information on sixteen. So it's no, weird. but going off the visuals of the trailer yeah, and like how but it looks we, like it's going back to some roots. It kind of feels weird, but at this point, don't we have a roughly the same amount of information for Kingdom Hearts four now as we do for Final Fantasy sixteen? No. Well, no. Hold on. Yeah, because there was gameplay in this is Final Fantasy sixteen trailer. There's so Final, yeah, there's there gameplay in that them. one. That's what I mean. Like in terms of what yeah. what they've done, it's been one trailer not, with a, if, a good bit of information to start you off. If there's a difference, it's not massive. 
Yeah, which, you know, the big thing I think needed to change for them out of their actual, because like one of the things you brought up earlier is uh, Square's output with things like Stranger of Paradise, which has very mixed reviews, uh, Babylon's Fall, which clearly is not doing very hot at all. And it's interesting because those are definitely Square Enix. Um, but at the same time, they're essentially like double A style Square Enix. And both of those games were not made by Square Enix's internal teams you know what's weird though um maybe it's not a triple a problem with screenings maybe it's just the we- okay so here's an example the other day i want to go download Final fantasy 8 and on my switch and i was like okay i'm just going to download or i'm going to look and see what all Final fantasy stuff they have maybe the pixel remaster slipped in and i didn't notice yeah, sure um so of course it came up with Final fantasy you know you know 7 8 10 12 9 um it came with like all the major ones and then it got into these, I don't remember what game it was for, but it was all these outfits and stuff for another Final Fantasy game. Like like $2 outfits, dollar outfits of stuff, and I don't remember what it was for. But see, that that right there to me, the same thing they kind of did with 15 of having like an external marketplace of stuff you could buy is... is you mean for like the DLC stuff? that went Yeah, on? like because you, you could buy like, you can go to PlayStation Marketplace and find like Final Fantasy 15 outfits and stuff you could buy for... Oh, could you? Them. I, yeah, did, I didn't know that. Pretty yeah. sure. Um and it just feels so far off from what Square Enix actually. Oh, I'm used to seeing Square Enix that it just feels like a different company. If that makes sense, not necessarily in a bad way, just in a different way. Yes, yeah. yes, Ikaruga. I know you're. Yeah, if they've got outfits for 15, I miss that. I know most of the monetization around that was this idea of expanding the universe and having DLC that tied to it, which I thought some people thought was contentious. Which is, it's weird because like I think it's a good way to expand the universe, but at the same time, having all that story being the main game would have been weird because it wouldn't. None of it really goes towards the main storyline. It's more like if you want to learn more about these characters, here's a side story, which is probably the right way to have approached it. Okay, but. so yeah, Final Fantasy 15 had outfits um, like um, out, samurai garb. Yeah, it had weapons, music you could buy, like you could buy a blaze fire saber, which. It's fifty cents, but it says it's a gunblade. So apparently, you could, like they added weapons that you could just go and buy externally. This is really weird to see Square Enix do this kind yeah. of. It's, I say it's weird. It's just different. Yeah, and it's it's you know the 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 episodes I've talked about those at length that I thought that that should have been stuff that was included in the base game. The multiplayer just not once again not bad, just odd that that it kind of came out with a Monster Hunter style. Um, Thing you got like a noodle helmet outfit you can buy. <laughs> it's just it's so it's so interesting that it 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 almost doesn't feel like the 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 ethics of it. Like I said, are not bad, but it doesn't feel like Final Fantasy when you separate it from the game specifically. Okay, because I I could argue that Final Fantasy fifteen, other than the car. The overworld stuff didn't actually not feel not like a Final Fantasy game. Like in terms of like the NPC interactions, the market interactions, the little side things you can do like fishing, little like like in the very beginning of the game you have a little side quest you do for a cat to go catch a fish. That feels like something that would be in a, a classic Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it's just interesting to me. Yeah. Well, we'll see whether they can rebuild. I was uh, I, Forspoken is going to be, I think, for a lot of people, this feeling of like, what is squares next gen output and how's their how's their turnaround going to be um i'm curious how long it'll be before we see this because it's been 2019 for kingdom hearts 3 so could we see this by next year kingdom hearts 4 we'll see uh but i know that that chris is even though we weren't necessarily talking about kingdom hearts right there but chris is ready to move on i know for sure so chris 
Instead, we're going to talk about Jack Tretton, who said in a recent interview with Axios that he wishes that Sony had supported the PS Vita more. He cited the handheld as something that was orphaned by the company. He goes on to say that he thought it just came too late with the industry moving on to portable devices that did more than just play games. Considering that in 2022, the Switch still reigns supreme and the Steam Deck is uh, seemingly a giant success, this may be the time for a new Sony handheld, and the company seems to agree if rumors are are to be believed. You know, this is an interesting thing because I would argue that the PS Vita and the PSP both did far more than just play games. And I, I as, was, I see that 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 quote there is automatically to me just like that's that's out of Google what the PS Vita release date because I'm like in 2012. 2012 was when it came out. I had an iPhone three in like 2009 or 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could already do more than just a phone because it, it, it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things... I don't that, agree with that statement at all. Like, if you look at, like, even the PSP, go back some years. The PSP could do movies, games, internet it browser, with, it music. It literally came with a demo disc with movie trailers and music videos on it. Yeah, that, that seems really odd. You could set, you know, you could look at pictures and store stuff. You could set pictures so, as backgrounds. I, I mean, I, I PS5, think, I think what he might have been trying to say is, like, portable devices. But I don't, I, I don't know, because when he calls portable devices, I mean... 3DS still went on to be a success, 50, 50 million units sold, 54, something like that, and probably even increased since then. But the last time I remember checking, which is a long time ago, it was uh, Switch is already out, but it was at 50-something million that was units. Four year, yeah, it was four years later, though. And, um, and the time that the PS Vita came out, it was, uh, I mean, first of all, it offered a cellular version of that, which was way ahead of, of any kind of handheld gaming at its time. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, sadly, 3G just wasn't fast enough. Yeah, wasn't there a lawsuit involved in that class action? I think so, because you couldn't really do remote play with 3G, no matter what. Yeah, uh, but anyways, like this is something I've been talking about for years, is that like if Sony came out with a handheld, and I could play classic games on it, like PS1 and PS2 games, on top of originals that they could make, it's an instant buy from me. Do it! <laughs> What I think is weird is that as much as the cell phone stuff was angry, I think if you remember when the Vita was shown, what got them kind of <sighs> little size in the room was that they were exclusively partnering with AT&T to do so uh, for the mobile stuff. I 100% mean this. If you came out with a new successor to the Vita today, that regardless of what carrier I had, which is kind of hard because the reason it's actually hard is there's two different types of cell phones providers. Uh, there, there is GSM providers, which is mm-hmm. what the majority of the world has, and AT&T is a GSM provider. Yep. And then you have Verizon, which is CDMA or whatever it's called, and those are entirely different types of chipsets. Right. So it's really hard to make a device that can be both. They do exist. It yeah. costs more money. And that kind of was what makes it complicated. It would almost seem to me that at some point... Don't do it to where it's locked to AT and T. You can still do it with anybody, but essentially, Pick hey, the, here, here's our new handheld. It's a GSM phone, and any GSM carrier across the, the world, you can tie it into that and then play it. Because having five G or four G LTE or any of that thing, which actually can do streaming and stuff pretty well, and therefore multiplayer pretty well, having that on the go would actually make handheld devices so much more useful. Yeah, you saw how fast I downloaded uh, War of the Lions on network. It took me less than a minute. Yep. Yeah. A small game, if so, yeah, but I mean, just, fair, just but as an example, being, yeah, like yeah. that's 
on the go anywhere. Like you decide like, oh, I want to download Resident Evil 1. Like the promise of cell service on a handheld device or handheld gaming device, because I mean, you could say you could get cell service on an iPad. <laughs> yeah. But point being, it's on specifically a gaming focused device. That's a fantastic idea that nothing has done since the Vita. The Vita just did it too early and it's another feather in Sony's cap of having good ideas before they're technically sound and then well, abandoning them whenever it becomes something that's easy to do. Because like having the ability to play your games on the go on the Vita is a great idea. And it worked all right, sometimes better than other. And then the Switch is like, well, we're just going to have to where you can play the same game that way. And then Microsoft saying, hey, you can just stream the games. Sony did that with PS Now, did it with the Vita. But it was all technically inferior versions, but they were the first people to do the idea in the gaming thing. And it's just unfortunate that Sony does that, has a great idea, does it too early, fails, and then never tries it again, and then lets someone else pick up the mantle and actually do the great version that they could have iterated upon and then been like, hey, here it is, we got it. Well, and not only that, it's like, there are solutions to that too. Like, So if you don't want, um, let's say if you don't want uh, wireless, um, you know, I, I don't think it's uncommon for people to be able to do Wi-Fi tethering, yeah, or hot spotting, uh, aka uh, the day I was sitting at work, and when I actually when I was talking about downloading Final Fantasy VIII, I did it at work on lunch, and I just turned my hotspot on my phone on, and then I was like, okay, it took five ten minutes to download. Yeah, but you know, for convenience' sake, I would for an extra five hours a month or whatever, I would pay just to have my my gaming device on my cell service, just yeah. so that my data pool gets pulled. I have unlimited anyway. Yeah, but you know, same basic idea. Um, so we'll see. Do you guys really, truly believe that there is another handheld at least being seriously looked at in their R&D department? X-Files. Why I not? want to believe. <laughs> All right, Chris, you wrote the news. So do you do you agree with the... Uh, do you think the rumors are to be believed or not? I think there's a good possibility. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't true, no. Yeah. I think that they would clearly have to have been looking at it in the R&D aspect of things, but I doubt it's ever moved past that. I doubt they've ever really moved towards talking to developers about anything. They might have given the old, what would you like in a handheld device from us? What do you feel like Switch doesn't offer you? Yeah, They might have gotten that far. Which honestly, the crazy thing is, is like I, um, I could say like compared to the Switch, a new modern day handheld device from any other or uh, as a like a hardcore feature feature, cellular would be one of the things that they could add that like that realistically there's a short list there. Like what else would you add? Like as a as an actual like a feature. Yeah, Switch brought a lot of it. Dual analog sticks, clickable analog yeah, sticks, L2 R2. Yeah, like, you know, do you do you you know, you get into the weeds about like screens and stuff like that, resolutions, but then you gotta worry about performance and battery life. So that's kind of off. But yeah, like as an actual feature that I don't think cellular impact battery life. If you like me, I I I turn my thing on airplane it, mode. It would, but not in a not in a well, massive no, well, way. Well, for me, like I, I play my switch entirely on handheld mode, and then I'm like, oh, I need to download a game. Okay, on airplane well, mode, yeah. Like what I say? Handheld mode. Oh, yeah, airplane mode. Um, so I'm like, if I need to download a game, go download a game. Or if I want to play with Bluetooth headphones, because you know, Blue, airplane mode cuts off Bluetooth. I turn off airplane mode, pop my Bluetooth headphones, and I'm sitting there playing. Sure. Yeah. Same thing could be done if I had wireless network. I mean, cellular network. All right. Well, let's see how things end up going. And I'm almost curious if Steam, well, clearly Switch is a massive success, but that's Nintendo. And it's got the weight of Nintendo behind it. I wonder if Sony's like legitimately eyeing the Steam Deck to be like, if the Steam Deck free of Nintendo and and the the fanfare that Nintendo has built around its products, (laughs) if the Steam Deck can exceed, then maybe our handheld can. 
But then you run the risk of putting out a handheld when there's enough competitors in the market that somebody might choose them over you. That's hard to say. Uh, all right. So one thing that we didn't do, sadly, today in our rush to get going is uh, agree upon a topic that we wanted to fully do the show with. So no time like the present to just uh, throw that out there. What do you guys uh, want to talk about? I don't know. You guys went on for 8,000 years about Kingdom Hearts. So well, we went on for 8,000 years about uh, Square Enix. But yes. That could be the topic. Current Square Enix. That could be community's take for next week is um, people's current opinions on, on modern day Square Enix. Yeah. I mean, we just have this be Once a, again, a shorter I, I don't have I don't have negative. Uh, I don't have negative thoughts about Square Enix. Yeah. Let me know if uh, Origin Paradise, what it was called, Stranger <laughs> Paradise. Paradise, Stranger of Paradise, Stranger of Paradise, Origin. See, I thought that was a remake of Final Fantasy One, but I, I, Josh said it's a prequel. Yes, but to me, it's it. But how does that make sense? Am I wrong? Of you talking about how it's a prequel to one? Yeah. Well, the story of one is just that I don't. I, mean, I guess at this point, you can't really spoil one. But if I if I'm it's remembering just, right, it's in crystals the, and bad guy. Well, hold on, in the in the story of one that at the end you become Garland. And it's just a cycle. And every time the Warriors of Light who come on and defeat Garland, one of them becomes the new Are Garland. Are you telling me? Never mind. This so is- in a weird way, this could be a prequel or a sequel or a remake because essentially it's just it's you're just putting the camera it's on one part in the cycle uh, in, in, in any infinite amount of the cycles. Um, I, I almost think it would be more interesting if it was a sequel and it was them coming and realizing that the previous Warriors of Light were... And maybe it is. To be fair, having not played the game, I have no clue what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I played the last time I played Final Fantasy One was one and two. Donna Souls Collection on Game Boy Advance. I played it on PSP, uh, and that's the only time I've ever played one all the way through. I played it as a kid uh, on PS One, but I never beat it. I got very, very little through it. Yeah, I, I definitely beat it on. I beat all of them when they were on Game Boy Advance because they had one, two, three, four, and five, and six. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's the story for one. Is that it's a it's a it's a cycle. What a weird! I just not realized what a weird coincidence that one. Chris, you bought Stranger of Paradise, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Okay, I may try it. What a weird coincidence that one handheld, one Nintendo handheld had one, two, three, four, five, and six, and then the other one has seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Or seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. There it is. All right. Well, guys, I think in this situation where we don't have an immediate topic that we're wanting to go through, we're just gonna wrap it up and have a shorter episode today. We won't push it on anybody. Chris has work. I got to do some drapery. That sounds really weird, but it's really true. All right. Um, and I'm also getting hungry. I'm sure y'all are too. I am getting so, hungry. Uh, yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, you can find us on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces over at Nartech or just type in Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as a group called Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Uh, you can find our Discord link in the description below, or you can follow us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. And if you're a super fan of the show and you just want to help us uh, be supported, you can give us a dollar a month at patreon.com slash nartech where you get a cool amount of little rewards uh, including stuff in our discord server and uh, just being any tier of uh, of a nartech patron you get your name read out in a credit style at the very end so make sure everybody sticks around for that and as always we'll see you guys next week for 
whatever episode is next. I'm so thrown off on what it is. 257. 257. So thank you all for joining for 256, and we'll see you next time. All right, guys. A huge shout out to our patrons, Leeseon69, one of our newer patrons, Jason Clendenning for resubbing. We have the Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Hammond Egger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Jason Clendenning, as I mentioned, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days 93. Joshua Lago, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Solitary Red, Jehudi MD, Sean, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all. 